Matthew chapter 17. The subject that I'd like for you to consider this morning is Jesus only. Jesus only. Matthew chapter 17. I want to read verses 1 through 8 of Matthew chapter 17. This same Jesus will come again one of these days in all of his glory. And each one of us ought to be excited about that and looking forward to, uh, to that. Because what we see going on in the world today is not necessarily what God's people enjoys, nor what the Lord wants. God wants us to be serious about serving him and honoring him with our life the best way that we uh, can with God's leadership and God's Holy Spirit uh, uh, as well. Verse 1 of Matthew chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Really ought to underline those last two words, Jesus only. Folks, he's the most important person in your life most important person for you to come to know personally, individually. He's the one that can change your life forever and ever. And he can change your eternal destiny by you trusting him as your personal Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this yet another opportunity that we have to approach your throne of grace in prayer. We thank you for those things that we've seen and heard thus far. We trust, Father, that everything said and done and every decision made has been to exalt the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'd also ask that you might bless this time that we have together this morning. There are decisions that will be made this morning. And we pray, Father, if there's one loss, that they might acknowledge that loss condition and trust you to the salvation of their soul. We thank you for each one that has come out today.
And we pray and lift up those that are sick and afflicted. We pray for healing for their bodies, that they might return once again to your services. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this privilege. And we ask your continued blessings upon this church in their search for a new pastor. We ask you to give them guidance and directions in everything that they do. And we thank you for your presence in our service today. We thank you and we praise you in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. You ever think about why did Jesus take these three men up to be with him and receive blessings that were out of this world? Maybe they were the most and better prepared of all the apostles. Well, I think we miss many mountaintop experiences in our life, individually, collectively, families, church families, because we're not prepared to receive the blessings that God has in store for each and every one of us. And he does have blessings in store for us, folks. Listen to what he said in Matthew 17 and 8. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. You remember in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, where this dumb spirit was removed from this man's son. And Jesus asked him, He said, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I think sometimes that's where we're at. We believe, but God help our unbelief. He wants to help us, folks. I remember... When I resigned a church that I had pastored for about 21 years. One of the most difficult decisions I ever made in my life. Because my child, my youngest child, and her grandchildren, my grandchildren were there. I retired from pastoring that church. But I did not retire from ministering. And I did not retire from serving a great God that we have. And that's why these verses are so very important to each and every one of us. We should worship no man save Jesus only. I want you to look with me in verses 5 and 6 of Matthew chapter 17. Verses 5 and 6. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. I don't know if you remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. God also spoke then. This is my beloved Son. He has never, nor will he ever, say that about anybody again. Only his son 
could bring him glory the way that he did. When the disciples heard that, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And I suspect that most all of us wanted to be. But then you look at what Peter said in verse 4. He said, let us build three tabernacles. Well, that's when God spoke. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Folks, listen. One thing God wants us to hear today. God wants us to hear his son more than anything else. He wants us to listen. He wants our undivided attention and to serve him and to honor him. We find that we live in a society today that men are prone to worship. We worship a lot of things, don't we? But there's only one person that we are to honor, one person that we are to worship, one person that we are to praise. And his name is Jesus. Now listen, when you look in Acts chapter 14, verse 15, Acts chapter 14, chapter 14, verse 15, you see that when Apostle Paul and his companion Barnabas was doing a great work and healing people, they wanted to make them gods. The people bowed down before them when you look at these verses of Scripture But this upset Paul and Barnabas. They did not want people worshiping them. They didn't want people bowing down to them. They wanted people worshiping God. They wanted people bowing down before uh, God, not them. Listen to what they said. And saying, sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you. And preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. What are they telling them, folks? Don't worship us. Don't bow down to us. Don't bow down to man. We are just men ourselves. Bow down before a living, righteous, and holy God. And listen, folks, one thing I like to say, we do serve a living God, and He is alive. I like to think about that. Then, But also, when we look in other scriptures, we see the same thing. Peter at the house of Cornelius, when you look in Acts chapter 10, verse uh, 26, God had spoken to Peter. At the one time, Peter... Uh, was not going to go to the Gentiles. He felt like his ministry, and he was to serve the Jews and the Jews only. But God got his undivided attention. He went to Cornelius. Cornelius' house was ready to receive the word of God, and they were ready to receive Peter. And when Peter come down, they bowed down, and Peter said, No, no, no. This cannot be. Listen to what he said. But Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself is also a man. Listen folks, we've got a lot of people in the world today that's worshiping athletes, they're working, worshiping this man, they're worshiping that man, but I'm here to tell you, and the scriptures are very clear, there's only one God and there's only one person, one man that we are to worship, and that man is God himself and his name is Jesus. 
So, we should worship no man save Jesus only. But there's something else. We should look to no man to solve our problems save Jesus only. Do we have problems? It seems, my wife said the other day, last night, she said, I'll be so glad to get all these men out of my house. (laughs) One person can solve our problems, folks, and his name is Jesus. Look with me, if you will, in verse 7. Jesus came and touched him and said, Arise, be not afraid. Do you think that God has the answer and solution to our problems? Let me tell you what I can't do and what I don't know. I don't know your problems, and chances are I can't solve them even if I did know them. But I know someone that can. And his name is Jesus. He touches our heart. He touches our life. And it seems like when we're just overwhelmed with the things of this world. What did he tell him? Arise. Be not afraid. We've got someone that's in control. Listen to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 17 and 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departed from the Lord. Cursed is the man that trusteth in man. Listen, folks. God was in the flesh in his son, Jesus Christ. Yes, he was man, but he was also very God. And he is God even today, though he's our Messiah, but he is still God. Listen, folks, Job looked to the Lord to solve his problems, and listen to what he said in Job 13 and 15. He got the first part right. He got the first part right, Job did. He was a very wise man. Listen to what he said. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He's the one that we need to trust. But then, Job, he should have stopped right there. He should have stopped right there. But he went on like most of us do sometimes. And he went on like Peter does a lot of times we found in the scripture. Listen to what he said. But I will maintain my own ways before him. Listen, folks. We may think we have the answer to everything. And we may think we have the solutions and someone else may have the solutions and someone else can solve our problems and someone, sometimes we even think we can solve our problems. But he got it all wrong. We can't argue with God because we're going to wind up losing when we try to argue with God. When he wants you to do something and he's leading you to do something, folks, the best thing to do is just do it. Not always easy, though, is it? Job had a problem. He wanted to argue with God a little bit. 
He wanted to defend his ways and he wanted to defend the things that he was doing. He said, what I have been doing is not wrong. Why are all these men come and ridiculing me and mocking me and making false accusations against me? Give me a good lawyer. Folks, we got the best lawyer in the world. In the world. How will the Lord sustain us? You ever think about that? When you're going through difficult times, most of the time when we're going through some of those troubles, people's got it worse than what we do. The Lord Jesus will either take our burdens away or he'll give us grace to sustain us. What did he tell Apostle Paul? Remember when he had the thorn in the flesh? He wanted the Lord to remove that thorn in the flesh. Remember that? Did God remove that thorn? No. What did he tell him? Sometimes we have thorns in our flesh also. Sometimes we have trouble. Sometimes we have heartache. And you wonder, why doesn't God just remove them? They may be there for a reason. God said to Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. Trust me. Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Listen, folks, I know it's difficult to be in the situation of looking for a pastor. Leave it in the hands of the Lord and get out of the way. God's got the right man for this church. God will supply that man for this church. What did he say? Cast all your cares upon him. He cares about this church. This is his church. And he'll take care of it. When we trust him. Listen, folks. If he take, doesn't take that burden away, <laughs> then he'll send reinforcements to help us through it. That's just the kind of God that we serve, folks. Philippians 4 and 6 says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. I don't know about you, but that really means something to me. He said, Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know what we usually do with our request? We take it to somebody. We take it to a man. We take it to a woman. We take it to a lawyer. We take it to this one or that one. But the only person that can really handle our problem, the only person that can do anything about it, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Give it to Him. And folks, this church is no different. Give it to him. That man that may be out there, he may not know this yet. 
It doesn't matter. God will take care of it. We should obey no man save Jesus only. What did he find in Matthew 6 and 33? It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, folks, when we look at verse verse 8, we should obey no man save Jesus only. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. What happened to Elijah? What happened to Moses? We got the law and we got the prophets. We no longer need Elijah and Moses. We got the Messiah. We got our Redeemer. We got our Savior. And we've got our soon coming King. And He's the Lord of Lords and He's the King of Kings. We need to obey no man save Jesus only. Listen. If we would do this, it would honor God and it would solve all of our problems, not individually, not only individually, not only as a family, but as a church family as well. Obeying Jesus only. He's got his hand all over this, folks. You've got a great church, a great group of people, a great foundation. Your foundation is Jesus Christ. The wise men, they were pretty wise folks. They brought all their gifts to Jesus. And that's what we need to do with all our burdens, all of our concerns, all of our worries, is leave them at the feet of Jesus. Peter and John were commanded to refrain from preaching Christ Jesus. And you know what what the world does anymore? They don't want us to preach about Christ. And I know there's talking about going door-to-door uh, visitation uh, uh, this morning in our, uh, in our class. And uh, I, I did that in East Texas and nothing was ever said. But you know what happened when we started doing it in Houston? People called the police. Seriously, they did. Every time we would go out at night and door to door. Why? We live in a different area. People are afraid to go to the door. They come to the door. They don't know who's there. We've got so much crime and everything else. It's hard, folks. But Peter and John. And sometimes the world would rather that we didn't preach Christ. And I know there are people in churches that would rather that you not talk about Jesus being the Messiah. That they'd rather that you didn't talk about hell. That you just talk about heaven and tell me how good I am. But Jesus said we're all sinners before a righteous and holy God. There is none good, no, not one. Listen to what in Acts chapter 4 verse 19 and 20 had to say. When they were told to refrain from preaching Christ. 
But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have heard. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. They were commanded by the religious leaders of the day. Don't speak about this man called Christ. Don't talk about him. You're changing people's lives and their people are turning away from us. They began to follow you. Isn't that amazing? We don't want people following us. We want people following Christ. We don't want people serving us. We want people serving Christ. That's what we need to do, folks. The Lord also tells us in the scripture, we should look to no man as our example, save Jesus only. Can I tell you something? There's only one person that I can use that is an example and never ever have to apologize for him. I never have to apologize for following Jesus and making him our example. Maybe following someone else and maybe using their, they as an example, I have to apologize occasionally. But folks, you will never ever have to apologize for making Jesus your example. We are to follow others only as they follow the Lord. Doesn't matter who it is, folks. Follow the one that's following the Lord. And I know you had a great pastor here and he followed the Lord without exception. But there's another great pastor out there for you also that you can follow as well. Jesus also is our example in giving. One thing that I know about this church, and I thank you over and over again for your liberality and your help and your support and the many love offerings that you sent my wife and I. Thank you. And you're very liberal in your giving. Listen to what he says, tells us in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Ye through his poverty might be rich. Folks, you know what he left? And to make a sacrifice and serve a righteous and holy God and to serve one another. I was utterly amazed how much you did and how much you help people in this community. I'm overwhelmed, Kim Williams, and how much that church has ministered to so many people that was affected by Harvey. And so many other churches did the same thing. Why would you do that? Why would you make such sacrifices? Because of your love for the Lord Jesus Christ and your love and your willingness to serve others rather than yourself.
Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Nothing has changed, folks. Nothing has changed. We should look to no man for salvation save Jesus only. I know there's a lot of people and a lot of religions that's pointing people in a lot of different directions. But I'm going to point you in one direction and one direction only. The one person and one person only that can set you free from the bondage and captivity of sin. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nobody else, nobody else that has paid your sin debt like Jesus paid your sin debt. Listen to what the scripture says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6. For there is one God... And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. How many mediators do we have? One. And his name is Jesus. One mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Pretty neat, isn't it? Jesus said in John 14 and 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said in Acts 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The only one. And I know there's a lot of religions out there as pointing people in a lot of different directions. But I'm pointing you to Jesus because that's what the Bible is doing. The infallible, the inspired Word of God points you to Jesus Christ. You cannot and you do not have the power, you do not have the fire, the authority to change the unsearchable truths of God's holy writ. It is God's word, and God's word is the one that points us to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am so very thankful for that. Listen to what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 41 and 42. The men in Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost part of the earth they hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. And you know what generation they're talking about, folks? This generation right here. A greater than Jonas. A greater, one greater than Solomon. And his name is Jesus. He's the only one that we are to worship. Judgment. Is going to come upon this world because they've got the unsearchable truth of God's word and missionaries going all over the world preaching the unsearchable truths of God's word. And people are turning their death ear to it. People rebukes 
and mocks and ridicules you when you preach the truths of God's Word. Listen, folks, there's going to be judgment one day. There's going to be a judgment day one day. In Acts 17 and 31, because he has appointed a day in which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is about his death. It's about his burial. Because without his death and without his burial, then there could be no resurrection. All of it is important. And if there be no resurrection, then he wouldn't be coming again. Because he would still be in the grave. Listen, folks. My Savior, my God, is the only one that she can go back to the grave where he was buried. He's no longer there. He's in heaven. All the other so-called gods are still in the same place that they were buried before. Same place. But my God is alive. And one of these days, he's going to come back in all of his glory. All of his glory. And he's going to take we that are God's people alive and well and take us out of this world. The dead in Christ first shall be raised from the grave and then we which are alive will remain. And I think his coming is a lot sooner than what we would like for it to be. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? He's coming, folks. And if you're not saved, I can promise you, you are not ready for him to come. Because when he comes, if you're not saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, you'll be left behind. You'll be left behind. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to give your heart to Christ? Are you willing to give your life to Christ? To honor him with what he has done for you? This morning as we stand and we prepare this song of invitation... 